Windshield time again. Little look, Brian, in the background. Anybody else want some of that? I believe most people are good. Yes, Luke, it's scientifically proven. Most people are good. What you what you think about some other stuff that's scientifically proven? I believe that gravity is real. The world spins. How do we spin? We spin clockwise. Yeah. Why don't you prove that, Luke? That's proven. Why don't you sing that in the song? Sing about rogue planets, Luke. How about that? How vaccinations work? Oh, don't want to touch on that. Get a little iffy, huh? Happy, uh, what is today? Today is Thursday. Thursday is what today is. Uh, new studio today. Driving my little sister's car. Because, uh, her and my mother are in town uh, from Arkansas and Atlanta, respectively. And uh, they're going to be hanging out with the two youngest kids today, so they needed the car seats. You know that you, the stats you read from time to time that they're like, uh, you know, 72% uh, of people that live up on the equator have fair skin. You know, some shit like that. My favorite is that uh, over 50% of child car seats are installed improperly. Yes, because they're paying the dick to install. That's why. They, that's why, I mean, you do your best, but you're like, eh, this is just going to have to do. You know, it's your kid. You're still worried about it, but you do your best. Try to get in there snug. You still never feel 100% secure about it. So they're taking the van, so I got to move car seats. This morning, my mom was reminding me of um, the fact that when I was 12 years old, that she took me to a psychologist thinking I had ADHD or ADD or some of that shit. I guess it was trendy in the 90s to see if your kid had it. And um, she said that God didn't, uh, said that I didn't have anything and that they were having trouble getting me to do chores around the house. <coughs> Excuse me, try grounding me and all these other things. And it wasn't working. And the psychologist told my mom to tell me that if the animals don't get fed, I don't get fed, which was a novel approach. Like, hey, you don't feed these cows, they look like you're going to be eaten. And the irony of that we were going to be eating the cow at one point in time was not lost on me. So, and I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what the outcome was. She was just like, yeah, because you weren't doing your chores, this or that. And I'm like, because the reason why I was doing my chores is because y'all wanted me to milk a cow, feed our pigs or chickens in the morning before I went to school. And the reason why I didn't do it is because I didn't want to smell like pig shit or chicken shit just by going out there and my school clothes, man. Y'all are always raving about taking care of your school clothes. And then I got to thinking that the reason why is, I mean, I'm not anti-animal, but the fact that this is no lie or exaggeration. The duration of my upbringing at one time or another, and sometimes in conjunction with each other, we raised raccoons, pigs, chickens, cows, rabbits, ducks, and my dad had some vision at one point in time to start breeding chow dogs. But if you've never been around a chow, chows are complete dicks when it comes to dogs. They're just jerks. They look all fluffy and pleasant. They're just awful as far as a breed of dog, you know, lottery. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying everyone I've ever interacted with. He thought that was a good idea. Oh, don't worry about it. Bring this aggressive, fluffy breed around small children. What could possibly go wrong? So at one point in time, we tried breeding chows. Like, anytime, like, my dad was in a conversation with somebody, like, uh, you know, I hear you can make some money off raising fill-in-the-blank. That's what we did. 
And yeah, it was his idea, but he worked three on three off. And when he wasn't there, when he was sleeping on his three night shifts, guess who it fell on to feed all these animals? That would be me or my sister. And I did did it. I wasn't happy about it. I ain't going to say I did a good job. But I found a loophole one point in time. They're like, uh, yeah, the, the animals need to be fed. So I went out and fed them. And then they, and he came home and he was like, well, how come they don't have any water? I'm like, you said feed them. You didn't say anything about watering them. And he's like, that's what you do. You feed and water them. When you feed them, you water them. I'm like, you didn't say that. And yeah, that conversation didn't go well at all. Got another one of his famous talks. We just talk for hours. Now I know where I get it, I suppose. Talk, just wear you down to me. You're like, just beat me already. Can you just hit me like other kids' dads? Just hit me. Let me go on about my way. Don't let me listen to you talk. I got things I I got things that I'm not gonna be doing already. I'm tired of this. Yeah, that's why. Always good having family around to remember, remind you of shit like that. It's never like my project. I remember once because my grandfather Ed was a big coon hunter that I thought about trying to get into. Uh, I thought I wanted to get into. I think it's because he wanted us to, and that was like his thing, man. I mean, like every day was like out with dogs, you know, training them and showing them. And uh, I think I talked about it on a previous show about the way coon hunts work. But a part of a coon hunt, when everybody gets together and competes their dogs, one of them is the show. And this is where you get your dog up on this little carpeted bench, and you try to get it to stand still and hold its head forward and its tail up and this perfect pose and then they give awards by how quick the dog will do that or how you can train him to do that and uh, yeah I tried to do that a couple times it was alright but it was my grandpa's dog so it was like when I raised a dog it's like like a race car driver borrowing somebody's car and does really well I mean you can drive only so far but if it's not a good car it's really irrelevant riding my sister driving my sister's car which is a uh Mazda something, and uh, she has a white dog. I'm grateful that I'm wearing all lighter colored clothes today, because as you can tell, there's white dog hair everywhere. But she Ubers and lifts in this car, so she keeps it relatively clean. But it's still that dog hair, man. I had a Dalmatian mix once, and we just literally kept uh, lint brushes on, like in every room of the house, just try to keep not looking like the dirty dog people. But that's about all I got. Heading over to Franklin, Tennessee to meet with a the, meet with a potential client, a new client. Gonna eat at the restaurant. Pretty stoked about that. Then nail down the deets on that. Got a uh, meeting tomorrow with a, another uh, with a beverage distributor. That should be interesting. It's getting fun, folks. I think I put it on my LinkedIn the other day where I haven't talked much about my my new gig. I've been just too busy doing it. I always perplexed about the people that want to tell you how to do shit, and then you dig in and realize that they really haven't done it. They just gotten really good at talking about it. So that's what I'm trying to avoid doing. Is as well as listening to a lot of podcasts. I, I know whenever someone tells me that they want to start a podcast, just how damn difficult it is to come up with shit on a weekly basis or, or a regular basis. Uh, that. Uh, to talk about. And that's why I'm only doing like 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time. I got something to talk about. It's great. But otherwise, especially when you got a, when you got a co-host. I used to, you know, do Pork and Pale Ale podcasts with my buddy Nate Yerbich. 
and even like toward the end of that him and him, him and I would just stare at each other and I'm like it's like so much admiration for like morning people that can do it like five ten years at a time with just them two and a production crew like all right what are we going to talk about what's our process what's going on it's like dude it's not that easy it's not that easy at all um behind a what looks like a really flat grill or cooker it's wide square rectangular and it looks like it has a drawer on the bottom that ashes come out of it's only about two feet i'm gonna try to theater the mind it's only about two and a half feet tall and it's about four feet wide and it's a rectangle if you're looking at it from the back and then deep wise it looks like it goes another five feet deep and it's just perfectly rectangular it's got one door that is about a third of the size of it that is in the middle part looks like maybe you slide coal or slide, slide your your uh, wood and shit in there and then the bottom is where you scoop your ashes out and it looks like yeah it's got like a grill top on it where you can just throw stuff right on top of it it's got it pulling hbt smokers that's what it says so i'm sure you can search the hbt smoker.com and find out what i'm talking about i've just never seen a rig like that but this weekend is uh, Memphis and May Barbecue Championship. Shout out to the Kerry Bringles of the world. So I've met some really good friends. If you've ever been to like Memphis and May Barbecue, it's quite the experience because all the teams are cooking. Like there's a good bit of them that are just down there to party, and there's a good bit down there just to cook, and then there's some that do a good job of both. Rarely is they do they do a good job job of both, but it happens. And our good buddy Kerry Bringle from Pay Lake Porker, his team's down there. And this year, his wife, Delania, is, has a female, all-female, whole hog team that's going down there to cook, too. Which, that should be very interesting. Because I respect the hell out of her uh, for what she's doing, just stepping out there and doing it, man. Whole hog ain't that easy, man. Not easy at all. All these things that you see people, it's like, even when you're like a critic of barbecue, like, oh, their ribs ain't so good, or... You know, pulled pork, there's brisket, blah, blah, blah. Try to try to cook that consistently 10 times in your house. You know, and that's why they got these new Traeger grills and all this shit that you can, like, have an app for your barbecue and set it and forget it and walk away. But when you look at these guys that are doing all direct fire, all smoke, all themselves, and have been doing it for years and turned out really good, consistent barbecue. Like, pre-five years ago barbecue. Now you can buy a smoker, you can plug it in, and you're good to go. But all these guys that established all these businesses and all these consistent guys and girls, excuse me, male and female, there's a damn good female pitmasters out there. They just did it on open fire, man. You can't, I mean, just try even build a fire in a fireplace or a campfire and keep that shit consistent, let alone to be able to cook food on it for 8, 10, 12 hours. It's not that easy. That's why you don't see a lot of barbecue joints that do good brisket. A lot of them will try to do brisket, but in essence, they're just serving you pot roast. I mean, it's not that easy at all. Memphis and May Barbecue is interesting because you can go down there, but you can't eat any barbecue from any of the teams. They can't serve the public. So not unless you're in with a team, do you know, can you eat the barbecue? Which is damn good barbecue to start with, but the overnight process of cooking everything is what the trip is, which is interesting to me. Let alone if you're up all day long drinking bourbon and beer and trying to stay awake and set an alarm and all that. It ain't that easy at all. So, good luck to those folks. If 
very good chance of having somebody barbecue phenomenal. Now, a good barbecue competition to go to is the Jack Daniels World Invitational down in Lynchburg every year, end of September, early October, because you had to have won a decent-sized contest somewhere else to even be invited. And I hear the uh, the cook-off world there is pretty cool, too. The judging and all that, I've, I've heard tell rumor of how damn awesome it is. Uh, with the different meat categories and stuff they do. But the food down there, some of the best food you'll have down there is from the local Mesa's Lodge. They just got damn good food, man. Good sides, just really good southern food. It's good stuff. They have a little midway type area set up. Not with rides, but just like, not with rides and games, but just like crafters and stuff. You can roam around Lynchburg. It's pretty cool. That one's definitely I would hit if given the opportunity. Um, yeah, that one. And then trying to think, oh, the other one I went to, and I, I have been searching... I've been searching for a while, and it's a good and bad part about drinking and the lifestyle I had. Is some things I remember very vividly, and some things I just don't. And me and an ex-girlfriend, she used to tour a good bit, was on the road with a band. And I'd go catch up with her, and going from city to city, instead of her riding the bus, we would just ride together and have a different schedule and then meet up with the band later on. And one time she was playing in Leaving, Ohio, doing uh, Jamestown, New York, where Lucille Ball's from. They played on a lake out there on a dock that was pretty cool. Jamestown, New York. I don't remember what the lake in the little town was, but it was about 50 minutes outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. And then we drove through a good bit of Pennsylvania on uh, in Ohio, Ohio, Pennsylvania. And we went up by where Zippo lighters are made. I remember going through that town. But in the process, we drove by this town that was just having this rib fest, and we stopped and got some less than average ribs because it was like a like a Thursday since the event started, but there wasn't a lot of people there. But I remember Aaron Tippett was playing that weekend. But I remember we went on into this town, and this town was I I don't remember the town, and I've dug and dug and looked over maps and tried to remember where it was at. I just don't remember the name of it. But I remember it was an awesome, cool little town. Because they had like a uh, expressway outside of town where we found this rib fest. But then you got off of it and went over about five or six miles into the town. And the town, there was a river running right along the town. But it was up above the river. They built the town up above the river. But you went across this really cool bridge across the river into the town. And as soon as you got across it, it dumped you into this old school, like, downtown like Victorian building type downtown. It was just really, really neat and cool. It wasn't that big, it was just really cool. I remember we went to a little coffee shop there and hung out and got a coffee and a pastry or something. And I just remember, it's one of those places like you visit, and you're just like, this is just a really cool place. And you remember it, whereas there's other places that you go to that are just, just interstate frontage or it's been lost or whatever. But this one, it, it still had a pretty cool eclectic mix of people and there's like little craft shops along the, the little street there and everything. But I can't remember for the life of me where it was at because I always, I want to go back and visit it, take my family and stuff there to go see it. I don't know. Maybe I should just leave it in my mind the romance it is, what it is, and what I thought of this little town. Uh, that one, and then there's another really cool town I remember we visited outside Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's called Howell, Michigan. And Howell, Michigan has, uh, I think I've talked about Howell before, but Howell, Michigan has, uh, they have a melon festival every year. And I ran my first 10K there. And then their melon festival, they make, the University of Michigan makes, uh, Michigan State, I think. 
makes their agriculture department makes a special run of this melon ice cream every year for this melon festival. It's just phenomenal. It's just damn good. Plus, you're in Howell. It runs along this lake too. It's just really cool little area. I think I've talked about it before. It's probably one of the most ridiculous uh, breakfast items I've ever had, which was just like um, cinnamon buns and French toast that were dumped over with like French toast mixture with like fresh blueberries, raspberries, and strawberries. And then they just scoop it out on the plate with some whipped cream. And uh, like the whipped cream just doesn't do any justice because it's just stupid ridiculous. Um, that was in Howell, Michigan. But it's just one of those towns where you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, God, I wish I could think of the little town outside of it. Uh, damn it. There's a little town right outside of Howell is where my ex was playing this show for the Easy Rider uh, rally, which is weird. A uh, group of folks. But, I mean, they're good folks. This is not my scene, man. I remember taking a picture of a motorcycle that had a strip, uh, stripper pole mounted on the back of it. But, um, God, what was the name of that? Somethingville, Ferrisville, Uncasville, Somethingville. Uh, I can probably find it. But that was what we were in the area for. And that area also is where uh, Jolly Pumpkin Brewery's at, which is really cool. Stop by and met those folks. They were super awesome. So that's all I got. Windshield time this morning, rolling down 840. More, more pristine. Uh, more pristine, beautiful roadways in the state of Tennessee. Beautiful day with no, no clouds out. Get your shit together. Make some plans for the weekend. Treat yourselves. Take care of yourselves. It's a great theologian, Tony Robbins, says, put your mask on first. Because if your mask ain't on, you don't have a chance of helping anybody else. That's all I got. Have a good weekend.